In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third Sunday of Lent, and uh, the Gospel today was from Luke 15. And the Gospel of today is one of the most famous and beloved passages or parables of the Lord. And it's unique in the Gospel of Luke, and it's the parable of the prodigal son. And I think we love the story of the prodigal son because we can all relate to this story. At some point in our lives, maybe now, maybe in the past, we were all the prodigal son. We all left the father's house and committed sin. And hopefully you're on the way back to the father's house or you're back in the father's house. You've experienced the forgiveness of God. You've experienced the love of God. But as I was meditating on this gospel, I was wondering why the prodigal son left the house of his father. Why did he leave? Why did he run away? Why did the prodigal son run away? Why do so many people run away from God? Why are so many people running away from God? Why are people running in the wrong direction away from God? So I want to discuss maybe some of the reasons people run away from God. Some of the reasons people run away from God. One of the reasons people might run away from God is that for some reason, this is very like interesting, mankind always wants something it can't have. Mankind always wants something it can't have. You know, in the very beginning... Adam and Eve were living happily in the Garden of Eden. And the Lord said, don't eat of that fruit. But because the Lord said, don't eat of that fruit, it's sort of like man always wants what he can't have. Always. And there was like some sort of like attraction to that fruit. And, and when they disobeyed God, they ran. When they disobeyed God, they ran. And the Lord had to come and look for Adam and said, Lord, where are you? Where are you? Adam, where did you go? And, and Adam said, oh, we were hiding in the field because we were naked. It's the natural, kind of a natural response of mankind to sort of grasp for the things that are beyond our reach. We want the things we can't have. Perhaps you've heard the expression or the proverb, uh, the grass is greener on the other side. The grass is always greener on the other side. Have you heard that expression? The grass is always greener on the other side. It means that people's lives or situations are always seem better, like other people's lives and situations always seem better than your own. So the grass is always greener over there. But actually, in my opinion, the proverb should be, the grass is great where you're at. The grass is very nice where you're at. And actually, you don't know about the grass in the other fields. You don't know anything about the grass in another person's field. That's actually why one of the Ten Commandments, the last commandment in the Ten Commandments, was all about do not desire another man's house. Do not covet another man's house. Do not desire his wife. Do not desire his slaves. Do not desire his cattle, his donkeys, or anything else that he owns. It's like God knew this. And like everybody's always looking for the grass is greener on the other side. He's like, no, no, no. Stay in your own in your own field. Stay in your own field. I think many disagreements, many like married couples, 
suffer from the fact that they always think the grass is greener on the other side. They think if my spouse was different, if this was different, if this would be different, I would have a better life. Don't have that mentality. That's always very dangerous. If I had different parents, if I had more money, if I had this, if I had, if I had the grass was greener on the other side, I'd be different. This is all a big lie. It's all a big lie. And so don't let your curiosity, don't let your curiosity or the things that you can't have take you away from God. Don't let the things take you away from God and cause you to run away. The second reason we run away from God is sometimes we are in the enjoyment phase of sin. In the enjoyment phase of sin. Because sin, at the first taste of it, tastes sweet. Tastes good. It's fun. Okay. But after sin sits in the mouth for a second, it turns so bitter, so disgusting. It leaves you sick and alone and by yourself. That's why... We have to be careful from the fruit of sin. The fruit of sin. Never eat the fruit of sin. To all the young people, be careful of sinful relationships. Sinful relationships, they taste good at the beginning. But actually, they'll leave you broken. They'll leave you broken. I know it's too many people broken because of their sinful relationships. It leaves them broken. It leaves them empty. Be careful. At first it feels so good, but then after, after the, that phase leaves, it leaves you empty and broken. Two people who claim to love each other don't really love each other. They love themselves, they love themselves, and they love to make themselves feel better by another person. So be careful by that. You don't love someone else. You love yourself and you want to make yourself feel better by being with someone. That's very dangerous. That's very dangerous. And you might have enjoyment for a period, but after that will turn into bitterness. Because anything that is sinful is not rooted in love. And anything not rooted in love will not last. Anything not rooted in love will not last. Sin takes you to the mud. That's what the prodigal son, he was having a grand old time enjoying his life and, you know, and living in sin and disgusting things. But actually it left him in the mud. It left him in the mud. He, he was left by himself, broken. Where were all the friends that were with him that enjoyed his fun time? Where were they? Where were his, like, all the, the fun, t t like, people that he used to spend so much money on and wasted his livelihood on. Where were they? They left him empty. I was reading a story the other day, the story of Adonijah. Do you know who Adonijah is? Adonijah was at the it was one of the sons of David, the oldest surviving son of David at the time of David's death. And at the time of David's like death, you know, there's an empty kingdom about to be open. So Adonijah, as the oldest son, he decided he was going to have a party, a huge party, and proclaim himself king at the party. Proclaimed himself king at the party. So he's having a huge party and he's proclaiming himself king. Then Nathan and Bathsheba, they hear that Adonijah is having this party. They go to David and say, did you know? 
Adonijah is having this party? Did you know about that? So David says, bring Solomon, put him on my mule, take the trumpets, and go make a procession in the streets and proclaim Solomon is king. Long live Solomon. So they went and took Solomon and went through the streets and, and proclaimed Solomon king. And the interesting thing is, what do you think happened to the party of Adonijah? All the friends of Adonijah, when they heard that Solomon was proclaimed king, disappeared in a second. Poof! The party, it was like, you know, the cops called on a party. The party done. And everyone vanished. And Adonijah left by himself. Actually, he was so scared, he went to the temple and was holding for his dear life. Solomon's going to kill me now. And he was so scared. That's how the life of sin is. You be with the whole crowd of people, having fun, enjoying yourself. And then in one instant, everything will disappear, poof, vanish. You'll be by yourself. And Adonijah feared for his life. Feared for his life. That's what sin does. That's what sin does. Leaves you by yourself and broken. Don't be like Adonijah and it's foolishness to be with, uh, to follow in sin. If you're enjoying the period of sin, repent now before the sin takes you to the mud. Repent now before sin takes you to the mud. Stop running from God. Stop running from God. Don't wait till you're eating the mud. Don't wait till you're eating the mud to repent. Because then you have to go through a long period of recovery. You have to go through a long period of recovery. And actually that's the third reason people run from God. The third reason people run from God is that sometimes people are stuck in their old ways. I'm stuck in my old ways. I'm so used to living this way. I am stuck in the mud. I can't change. I can't change. This is the way I am. The way you are to be living in sin. That's who you are. No, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. You can change. You can do things differently. But some people are found they're stuck in the mud. Because they've been living in, in sin for so long. Or, or another thing that's even worse is, as we were reading this week uh, in our small plug, we were reading Repentance and Almsgiving by St. John Chrysostom. He said two things are the worst things when it comes to repentance. Those things are, who read? Discouragement and laziness. Discouragement and laziness. And if you're discouraged too much, you can be stuck in the mud. You can be stuck in your old ways. You say, there's no hope for me. I can't change. I've fallen so many times. I can't. And he gave a very beautiful example. He said the example of Judas. Judas was someone who actually, this is the crazy part. He repented. Judas repented. After he betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ, he took the money back. And you know what he said to the, the Pharisees? He said, I have sinned. I have betrayed innocent blood. Take this. And he threw the money. So he repented. The problem with Judas, the problem with Judas, is too discouraged. He's way too discouraged. He lost hope in himself. He lost hope. He's stuck in the mud. Don't be stuck in the mud. Don't let yourself be stuck in the mud. Be, don't let yourself be stuck in the mud. In your discouragement, 
Don't forget God's promises. Don't forget God's promises. Don't forget there is a future. <laughs> like life moves on. There is a future. God can take you out of the mud. Everything can be forgiven. Everything can get better. But be patient, be hopeful. And never let the devil take away your hope. Never let the devil take away your hope. The fourth reason we run away from God. The fourth reason we run away from God is that sometimes we have too much pride. This is sort of the other side of the spectrum of being too discouraged. Some people too discouraged, so they run away from God. Some people too much pride and they run away from God. They don't want to address the issues that they have. They have issues and they don't want to address them. So what do I do? I run. I run. I flee. No, you have to address the issue, what's going on. You have to. You have to address it head on. You can't run away from these things. You don't want to admit how much you've fallen. You don't want to admit how much you've fallen. This is the one I think maybe like is a big barrier to confession. People don't want to admit how much they've fallen. Think that Abuna is going to change their perception of you and say, Oh, you're a big sinner. No. False. Not at all. Doesn't change perception at all. Not at all. Ask anyone who's repentant. No one comes out of repentance. Ask the prodigal son when he came. Did the, the father sit there and point fingers at him and say, No. There was nothing like this. This is all in your head. Don't let your pride hinder your confession or your repentance. That's why I loved so much when the prodigal son, he said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. The prodigal son had this quality of humility when his, in his repentance. And that's why he ran toward Christ, or ran toward the Father. He ran in the right way. People who have pride are running away from God. Don't have pride and run away from God. The fifth and final reason, maybe there's many more, but at least five enough for today, is some people are upset with God. Some people are upset with God. And they run away from God because they are upset with God. And they resent God. And they say, God, why did you give me this sickness? Why did you make me like this? Why did you allow these terrible things to happen in my life? I, uh, I don't like you, God. And you run the other way. And you run, and you run, and you run, and you run. And it gets very tiring to run away from God. And this position is very sad. And it's sad for many reasons. Because I wonder if you ask God, why did you do all these things? Why did all these bad things happen? Why did all these things? You know, I think God would be right there with you, crying with you. And saying, I know my son, my daughter. I know this was very tough. I did not have this in the plans. This was not the way it's supposed to be. Like imagine a, a broken family and parents are whatever and everyone is arguing and, every, and it's just uh, and just disaster. I don't think like, you don't say God and God is to blame for, that's very evil, it's the, the evil one. Instead of blaming God, you should blame the evil one. Blame the devil. Blame the person that causes division. The one that causes 
tension, that causes anger, that takes away love. Don't be angry at God. I'm sure if you ask God why, you'd be, Habibi, I didn't have this in my plans for you. This is not the way I, I am. I am the source of love. I'm the source of happiness. I'm the source of joy. I want you to be joyful. I don't want this for you. So don't turn your, in your anger, don't turn your anger out to God. In the story of Job, when Job had all of his things taken away from him, and he was a disaster, and he, it was a big mess. You know what his wife told him? His wife told him, curse God and die. Curse God? And you know what Job said? How am I going to curse God? He said, you speak as a foolish woman speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Don't blame God. Blame the devil. Don't run away from God. Run away from the devil. Run away from sin. Run away from sin. Run away from the things that are keeping you in the mud. Today we want to, I want to finish with a, a, a verse from the Pauline. It says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Today. Today is the day when the prodigal son came back to his father's house and he was accepted as a son. And they had a feast. They uh, killed the fatted calf. Everyone is welcome to come back to the son. Stop running away. No more running. We want to stop running. We want to just come to God, put everything at God, say, run to God. This is our hope. I hope everyone this Lent runs back toward God and doesn't uh, let their curiosity take them away. Remember, the grass is not greener. Don't, uh, the enjoyment of sin will fade. It will fade. Not now, it will fade in tomorrow. The enjoyment of sin. Don't let... Don't become stuck in the mud. Humble yourself. Don't let your pride take you away from God and never resent God. And glory be to God forever. Amen.